today on Locked On Mariners. After my baseball career comes to an end because of an injury, I get a job as a live-in housekeeper for an attractive single mother. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Weekend is almost here, ladies and gentlemen. Just one more day to go before you can enjoy your Saturday. I am D.C. Lundberg, and I'm here to bring you another edition, another Friday edition, no less, of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by The Locker Room. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners Podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N or Tlopin, of course. Joining me today, usual guest, Locked On Mariners contributor, John Miller. John, how are you doing today? I am doing quite well. Thank you so much for having me. Always great to have you aboard, sir. Later on, we're going to open up the fan mailbag. Clive Braithwaite the fourth will be here to read the emails to us. Uh, but first of all, we're going to talk some transactions. There was a flurry of activity, so to speak, regarding the Mariners' active and 40-man roster. Evidently, I have not been the only one frustrated with Luis Torrens. He's been optioned to Tacoma. Not only has he not been hitting 178 on the season and 156 since April 22nd, that's the beginning of the series in Fenway Park, but his defense stinks. Tom Murphy is not hitting either, the other half of the catching tandem, but Murphy's defense at least is very good, while Torrens' is very poor. I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, see a whole lot of uh, games that Torrens has caught, John, but he has a lot of trouble blocking balls in the dirt. Murphy's pretty good at it. Torrens is very poor in that regard, and I was wondering if you've noticed the same thing. Obviously, the Mariners' front office has. I have definitely noticed that. I'm hoping they can give him some pointers down in Tacoma. I hope so, too. And I brought up the point the, the other day that Scott Service is a catcher. He was a catcher in the big leagues. That has to frustrate him more than it might the average manager because of that, seeing a guy back there and the last wild pitch that he gave up that should have been a pass ball. There have been a number of those, and they've all been bad. But he didn't make any effort whatsoever to try to get on top of it to block it. Just kind of stuck his glove down and it squirted it away. I was so happy that Dan Wilson was on TV commentating at the time. He can talk about catching and the mechanics of it way more eloquently than I ever could. And he, you know, he basically was saying the same things that I was saying, only, you know, <laughs> much more eloquently. In addition to Luis Torrens being optioned to Tacoma, the uh, Seattle Mariners have claimed a catcher out of the Brewers organization off waivers, and stop me if you've heard this one before, Jacob Nottingham has been claimed by the Seattle Mariners again. He was claimed about a month ago, I want to say, uh, spent one day on the Mariners roster, was DFA'd and reclaimed by the Brewers organization, and and he is now back in the Mariners organization. <laughs> I, 
I, I don't remember the last time anything like this has happened, John. I assume that Nottingham will report to the Tacoma Rainiers. And in addition to the aforementioned Mr. Nottingham, Jose Godoy was also had added, pardon me, to the 40-man roster. He had been with the Rainiers, and he is headed to the show. When he gets into a game with the Mariners, he will be making his Major League debut. In seven games with the Rainiers, he had been slashing 310, 375, 515 with two home runs and six runs driven home. Last uh, season of minor league baseball for him was 2019, as it was for most. He was in the Cardinals chain at the time. This is his first season, by the way, in the Mariners organization. He had been in the Cardinals chain since 2012 as a 17-year-old. But in 2019, split between AAA and AA, he slashed 276, 354, 431 in 239 at-bats, 16 doubles, and 7 home runs. And because two players were added to the 40-man roster, that means two players had to be removed from the 40-man roster. Two players were designated for assignment, unfortunately. Brady Lale has been designated for assignment. He pitched on May 17th and 18th. Wasn't particularly good in either of those games. He uh, pitched seven games for the Mariners last season, in addition to one with the White Sox. And last season had a 4.80 ERA in 15 innings. This year in just two innings, 13.5 ERA. Again, didn't have t- those two appearances, not very good. Um, he also pitched for the 2019 New York Yankees. And I'm noticing a trend in his uniform numbers. And I'm sure it's just a coincidence. And I'm also sure I'm the only one who cares. But for the Yankees, he wore 72. He then went to the White Sox and wore 67. Then he came to the Mariners and wore number 62. So with his next major league team, I think he's going to wear number 57. The math works out that way. But that's also, I know that's just a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the other player who was designated for assignment was first baseman left fielder Jose Marmalejos. He hit pretty well for his stretch last season. Never got it together this year, although he did hit some home runs. He was robbed of a home run also in uh, Wednesday night's game, something I didn't bring up on the show. It was such a frustrating game that I just got to a point where I wanted to stop talking about it. But I believe it ended the seventh inning, or it might have been in the middle of the seventh inning. I don't remember. But you know, so much happened in that particular game that was frustrating. Him being robbed of a home run was one of them. That I think that's his last at-bat as a Mariner. I am not sure. But the adjustments that Scott Service and the hitting coaches are trying to get their players to make, Marmo, by and large, has not done that. He still tries to pull everything despite being pitched outside more often than not. He did have one base hit go the other way, so... You know he was at least starting to try, but maybe a little bit too little, too late. Plus, they needed the room on the forty-man roster to solve the catching situation. But that leads me to wonder, John, who's going to play first base when the Mariners play in San Diego tonight? They don't have many players with um, professional experience at first base on the major league roster now. The only two are Donovan Walton, and that's only one inning in advanced A ball, and Jose Godoy with two games. In rookie leagues, I mean, I honestly have no idea who it's going to be. Would you even care to wager a guess or just wait to see what happens, John? I think it would be best if we just wait to see what happens. Do we want to take bets? Or maybe Scott <laughs> Service will come out of retirement. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but Torrens has played a little first base in the minors, just four games worth. And Service has often said that he's not afraid to put both of his catchers in the starting lineup. So I was kind of speculating, um, this was before Marmo was DFA'd, obviously, that, but with Marmo struggling, maybe Torrens would get a start at first base against a left-handed pitcher. 
maybe Godoy is going to get a start at first base. I honestly have I have no idea what's going to happen. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, how they solve that situation. Uh, we are going to get to your emails here in the second segment of the show. Clive Braithwaite the fourth will be with us. We're going to do our hall pass right now, ladies and gentlemen, in our trivia corner. And today I present to you a middle infielder who played 19 major league seasons in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. He accumulated a career slash line of 276, 363, 426. 244 career home runs, 420 doubles, however, 65 triples, 143 stolen bases. Not all that much of a uh, stolen base threat. He was a five-time All-Star. He was a four-time Silver Slugger, a three-time Gold Glove Award winner, and he was a Rookie of the Year. And remember, middle infielder gang in this era, you know, not as... They didn't hit like middle infielders do these days. Yes or no on his Hall of Fame candidacy, ladies and gentlemen. I will tell you who it is after this word from Wealthfront. You know, investing can be very complicated. But whether you're a beginner or whether you've been investing since the dawn of time, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in mere minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help lower the taxes you pay as you invest, ladies and gentlemen. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it is automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need to get started is $500. Grow the hell... Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. The Hall Pass, the statistics I mentioned, considering he's a middle infielder. John, what would you have to say about this guy? Would you think about putting him in the Hall of Fame, would you th- or would you uh, dismiss him outright? Well, since I think I know who you're talking about, mm. I will definitely think about putting him into the Hall of Fame. I th- I'm pretty sure that, yes, you do know who it is. Who do you think it is? I'm guessing he played with Detroit in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I think you're on to something. His double play partner is in the Hall of Fame via the Veterans Committee. Well, you just gave it away. If I didn't already know that it was Lou Whitaker. You you were going to say it anyway, so I figured, yeah, you were on the right track. I, it's Lou Whitaker, ladies and gentlemen. 276 career average. Very similar numbers to Alan Trammell, who's in the Hall of Fame, again, via the Veterans Committee. I really do feel as if they should be in the Hall of Fame as a tandem. Again, those numbers not very eye-popping, but for a middle infielder who had his heyday in the mid-80s, very, very good numbers, John. Indeed, they are. You bet. Coming up, who would John and I choose to protect in a hypothetical expansion draft? I'm guessing neither of us are going to say Darnell Coles. (laughs) 
Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. We're back on Locked On Mariners. John Miller is with us. And joining us to read the uh, listener emails is Clive Braithwaite IV, my personal secretary. Clive, how art thou? I'm quite fine. It seems like it's been a while. Yeah, it, it has been a while. I think it's been at least a few weeks. We've had two no-haters in the interim. Uh, Clive, not that many emails. Um, what have we got today? We have just a few emails, so this will likely take up only this segment. And this first message surely won't take up much time. It's short and to the point. It comes to us from someone who didn't leave their name and simply reads, D.C., no one cares about curling. I beg your pardon? <laughs> okay, so maybe I talk about it a little bit too much on the air, but to say that no one cares about curling I think is probably a little unfair. Yeah, I go on and on, but hey, I'm obsessed. John, And based on your reaction, I think that you might care about curling as well. Yes, sir? Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's a good game if you haven't tried it. And the person who sent that in who didn't leave a name, if you've never watched curling before, give it a shot. And if you have watched curling and didn't like it, well, at least you didn't waste a whole lot of time in the grand scheme of things, I suppose. Also, to defend myself here a little bit, while I may spend a few minutes on curling here and there once in a while when there's an important tournament going on, it's not the whole show. But your point is still taken. The World Mixed Doubles Championship is underway in Aberdeen, Scotland currently, and I'm sure that I'll be congratulating on the winner on the show on Monday. It concludes over the weekend. And the U.S. National Championships are next week, both men's and women's, in Wisconsin. But I'll save it for C-Block in the future. Clive, what's next? This next message was sent by Dan. Hey, DC. Love your work on the podcast. Appreciate the humor you bring. Need some of that right now. I'm taking being on the wrong end of an ear perfecto pretty hard. Granted that means was good, but it seems to me that this is really a reflection of how bad our offense is. Our reigning ROI, Kyle Lewis, has a paltry 184 average and a 281 OBP. Even if we called Kelnick up today, we'd still have 8 bats around him that are ice cold. Give me some hope here. Thanks. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know if I can offer a whole lot of hope, especially considering we were no-hit again since you sent your email. At least Kyle Lewis has a higher average and on-base plus slugging now. But remember that even though he was Rookie of the Year last year, his second-half numbers were actually pretty terrible. I'm not so much worried about Mr. Lewis. The offense has other problems, some of which were addressed yesterday with the roster shuffling. Jose Marmalejos is gone. I don't know if a team is going to want to claim him or not, but if they don't, I'd be surprised if the M's don't keep him uh, in Tacoma to work on his issues. He's still a valuable guy to have around, if for no other reason is versatility. Dan, this is a bad offensive team. I don't think there's any way around that, but it's also a growing offensive team. I have to keep reminding myself even at times um, of that. This is a team in development. It is a rebuilding year, and there are going to be growing pains. But that doesn't change the fact that their offensive performance lately, and especially in the two weeks since the means no-hitter, has just been dreadful, you know, capped off by the Tigers series, in which they looked absolutely lost. And I think Marmo getting DFA'd and the catching situation being shuffled is an attempt to kind of save some of that, so to speak, for lack of a better word. 
I don't know if it's really going to get all that much better in the immediate future. There are some signs of it. I mean, in the last game of the Tigers series, the Mariners had men on base a few times, could only cash in the one time on the Kyle Seeger home run. It just seems like they're too reliant on the home run and that not enough players are buying into Service's philosophy of hitting the ball the other way and using all fields, when in fact that is the right philosophy, especially to get out of a slump. John, do you have any thoughts? Well, as was mentioned, the bats are ice cold. So one would try to look at the positive that they couldn't get much colder. (laughs) True. And as VC Barb said, we're in a rebuilding team. We're in a rebuilding year. We have tremendous potential. Mm-hmm. So we just need to start hitting. I mean, that's kind of the that, that's kind of what it is. I mean, I mean, and Kelnick has been brought up since this email was sent as well. So this listener was onto something. And as a matter of fact, I think Kelnick was caught up or called up. Pardon me. Just a, a couple of days after Dan sent his email. I don't know what... I'm going to reiterate something I said the other day. I do not know what else I can say about this offense that I have not said already. Kelnick may not be off to the best of starts, but the players that I named yesterday who got off to poor starts, who were sent down and called back up, it happens. Not everyone hits the daylights out of the ball right out of the chute. Not everyone pitches lights out right out of the chute, like Logan Gilbert is struggling right now. And that's why I bring that up. But I get the feeling as if once Kelnick turns it around, He's going to turn it around in a major fashion and just start raking. I don't know when that will be, but the kid's got the tools and he's got the makeup and he's got the right approach. I'm not necessarily worried about him and I'm not necessarily worried about Mr. Gilbert either, even if he has to go back down to Tacoma for a while. But this is a young team. They need to take their lumps. It's it's going to be a year of growing pains, maybe even more so than last year because there are going to be a lot of players getting their first taste of Major League action, or at least Kelnick and Logan Gilbert are getting their first taste of Major League action. Taylor Trammell got his first taste of Major League action, just looked overmatched at times, couldn't figure out the breaking pitch or the off-speed pitch low and inside. He's in Tacoma, and he's tearing the cover off the ball there, so he may very well have figured something out. He may very well contribute at the plate more consistently once he's recalled. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if that winds up being the case. Clive, we have one more email, and uh, this one made us think. Our old friend Aiden Soames in East Hampton, Connecticut, checks in with a very thought-provoking question. Hypothetically, if there was an MLB expansion draft in 2021, which 15 players would you protect from the 40-man roster? All prospects who have more than three years of minor league service. Yeah, that's one of those questions that's a very good question, Aiden. Um, I don't know how well that um, I'll be able to answer it. This is also one of those subjective questions where there really is no right or wrong answer. And so I guess we'll just get into it. And just looking at the uh, list of the Mariners' top 30 prospects, um, I found that hardly any of them have enough service service time to be vulnerable. That helps. I think Cal Raleigh was really the only one, and uh, he's not on the 40-man roster. I suspect that he'll be on the 40-man roster later in the season, however. And the ones that are on the list with the service time qualification, they're already on the 40-man roster in the first place, probably to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. In addition, the Mariners do not have any 10 and 5 players who would force to be protected, and I couldn't find any players with no trade clauses um, 
who I wouldn't uh, save anyway. I didn't find any no-trade clauses at all. I put Marco on my list right off the bat. I don't know if he has a no-trade clause or not, but I'd protect him anyway, so it's a moot point. At season's end, Kyle Seeger would not have the full 10 years in the big leagues to qualify for a 10-5 and player since he came up in July, I believe. But he would be a free agent anyway, so he, he would be off the table. Um... I'll do my list first, John, and then I'll tell you what. Why don't we do my list, and then we'll do your list to begin the next segment, okay? Sounds good. All right. As I said, uh, I would put Marco on the on my list, Marco Gonzalez. The first name I put on the list is Jared Kelnick for obvious reasons. I'd put Logan Gilbert there as well, Kyle Lewis, Evan White. I put Kendall Graven on my list because I want a guy at the back end of my bullpen who's going to anchor um, that pitching staff and he's a veteran. He's a he's new to the bullpen, but he's a major league veteran and just pitching lights out. And for that reason, I think that he would be taken in an expansion draft to help out a young team potentially. So that's why I'm saving him, and I'm saving Mitch Haniger for very similar reasons. He's also been the Mayor's most consistent hitter all season. Uh, Cal Raleigh, I would save. He's not on the 40-man roster, but I suspect he will be later. Even when, even without him being on the 40-man roster, he'd be vulnerable for service time. I'd save Kikuchi-san because he's shown great improvement this year. I'd save Justice Sheffield. I thought about saving Justin Dunn as well, but I was low on spots, and it came down to either Sheffield or Dunn. And while Dunn has improved more than Sheffield has this season, I like the fact that Sheffield walks fewer hitters. So that's why I kept Sheffield. I also kept uh, Juan Fenn, who is on the 40-man roster. He's an advanced A, I believe, and he's 20, 21 years old. So I'm saving him just for the youth and for the fact that I saw that his potential control rating is a 55, while some of the other pitches on the list were 40 and 45, and I chose not to to, uh, protect them. Wyatt Mills is an example. I then protected four players who are currently on the 60-day disabled list who might be vulnerable. Nick Margevichis I saved. Ken Giles I saved, which is a name that Mariner fans probably forget about, but he was signed in the offseason. He was not ever going to pitch this season, maybe in September, but he's recovering from, I believe, Tommy John surgery, so he's on the 60-day injured list. Shedlong Jr. I also protected. I know he had a very bad year last year, but in 2019 looked pretty good, and last year we, he was playing through that bad calf, which no one knew about until he had surgery on it, so I'm hoping that his poor season was a product of that. I have one spot left, and I gave it to LJ Newsom, who is also currently on the 60-day injured list. Uh, any thoughts on that list, John, or shall we just get to the email plug and then get to your list after the break? Let's get to my list after the break, then we can discuss them. You got it. Hey, gang, if you out there in podcast land have a question or a comment you would like addressed on the air in a segment such as this, send it over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Questions and comments on any subject are welcome and encouraged. It need not be about baseball. It need not be about sports. Anything that's on your mind, send it over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Coming up, I have no idea. 
But first, this word of importance from Built Bar, the greatest protein bars in the history of food shaped in bars. They're high in fiber and protein. I almost said priber and protein or whatever, but they're low in sugar and calories as well, and super high in deliciousness, gang. They're soft and easy to chew. No funny aftertaste, no weird texture. They come in 18 delicious flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com to order some for yourself. You can buy their variety box to sample one of everything, or put together a box of the three flavors that most intrigue you. Like lemon almond cheesecake, peanut butter brownie, and clam dip. If you try to use promo code blurg blurg blargity blarg, nothing happens. So just use promo code locked15 at checkout instead, and that'll net you 15% off your order. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked15 for 15% off your order of the best protein bars that we advertise. Built Bar, have you had your break today? Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. That was Locked On Mariners announcer Joey Martin. And he did do a good job, ladies and gentlemen. We are back here with John Miller and Clive Braithwaite the fourth. We were in the middle of answering an email question. Um, I gave my answer. John's about to give his answer, but Clive, I'll give you some more work to do, and I will let you set up the question once again for John. The question was about a hypothetical expansion. John... Which 15 players in the Mariners organization would you protect from a potential expansion draft? Thank you, Clive. In a potential expansion draft. (laughs) Are you making fun of his accent? I'm imitating it. Ah, I see. Remember, Clive, imitation is the highest form of flattery. (laughs) No, we like you, Clive. Please stay around. I hope so, too, yes. Uh, Number one on my list, I have uh, Tom Murphy. Hmm. I figure we're going to need a good catcher, and with the trouble that the Mariners are having, despite his age, I think Murphy has the best potential right now. Then I've got a couple of guys who are currently taking a cup of coffee on the 10-day, which usually turns into about 40-day IL. (laughs) That's why it seems to be going this year, unfortunately. It, It sure seems to. Yeah. I have both Evan White and Dylan Moore. Mm. Following them, J.P. Crawford. Then Telegram Sam Haggerty. (laughs) I have to say, a lot of the players, not all of them, I did consider putting on my list, but with just 15 choices, it makes it really difficult. It does. And that's where I'm glad you said before we started this, there's no right or wrong answer. (laughs) And I'm trying like, okay, who do I want to keep as the core of a team? Yeah. And again, you have to have some veterans sprinkled in there as well, or at least, you know, I chose to, you chose to with Tom Murphy as well. I went kind of in a a, a little bit of a different direction so far, but uh, I love how our lists though are very different so far. I think that provides some great variety. I think it does. And I think it will answer answer Aiden's question and give him some thought as to who he might put on his 15-man protected list. And actually, that brings up a good point. Aiden, if you want to come up uh, with a list of your own of the 15 men you'd protect in the Mariners organization, send it in uh, with uh, your next email question if you'd like to do that, and I'll read it on the air in the next email segment. I look forward to hearing that. Yep. Who else you got? Next on my list, I have... Last year's Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis. Mm -hmm. Another guy who's taken a 40-day 
stint on the 10-day IL, Ty France. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> you know, maybe I need to amend my list because I really should have protected him. <laughs> I said there's no right or wrong answer. I think I provided a wrong answer, ladies and gentlemen, by omitting France. Okay, get rid of Sheffield. I'm keeping France. <laughs> he just flies under the radar for some reason. I have no idea why. I overlook him. I don't know why I do. Over the offseason, I was doing the same thing. I should not do that because he's got the tools. At least offensively, he's got some major tools. And, of course, now I feel like I'm insulting Justice Sheffield, which I obviously do not mean to do. But, again, with only 15 spots, you really have to be choosy. And with Logan Gilbert and Emerson Hancock and George Kirby coming up through the ranks and joining the starting rotation potentially within the next couple of years, the starting pitching that's on the roster might be a little bit expendable where you can keep somebody like Ty France or you know, a, a number of position players or Dylan Moore like you chose to as well. So, Justice Sheffield, I'm sorry, but you're off the protected list and I'm keeping Ty France. John, who else you got? After France, I have Taylor Trammell. Oh, okay. Then Jared Kelnick. Yep. And he's off of your list, but I am protecting just the Sheffield. <laughs> I mean, he he's definitely worthy of of being chosen. It's just kind of there again. There's no. I almost said there's no right or wrong answer. But if we were to omit Kelnick or Kyle Lewis, I think that would be wrong. Oh, that would definitely be wrong in my book. Yes. All right. I'm I'm sorry to keep interjecting, John. Go for it. <laughs> no, not at all. And then I have Chris Flexen, mm-hmm. Justin Dunn. Uh, another guy who I'm disappointed in because he's on my fantasy team <laughs> who is also taking like a 40-day stint on the 10-day IL, our ace, Marco Gonzalez. Yep. Then rounding out the bullpen, I have Kendall Graveman. He's also on my fantasy team, so I'm happy about that. Oh, good. And then rounding out my 15-man list is Mitch Maniger Haniger. Very nice. And again, I love how our lists are so different. You kind of went with the guys who are at the major league level now, more veterans, and I went the prospect route. But again, keeping just 15 players is such a hard choice. I struggled with this a lot. I had Justice Sheffield on my list, took him off on the air in favor of Ty France. One of my spots as I was working on this list was Dunn slash Sheffield. And I chose Sheffield because of the lower number of walks. I thought about keeping somebody like Masevich or uh, Steckenrider, Will Vest also. You know, again, keeping 15 players. Just I'm, I'm glad I don't have to be making that decision should an expansion draft come about. But that hasn't been announced. There's not going to be an expansion, at least until these stadium situations in Oakland and Tampa Bay are sorted out. So no one is going to have to worry about it for a while, thank goodness. One more item before we call it a show, John, and this kind of goes back to something I was going to do on the air last year. I was going to start another weight loss crusade, and then I got sick and had to postpone it. And I was going to kind of follow Rod Roddy's lead from what he did on The Price is Right by kind of documenting, you know, his weight loss on the air. And I figured if Rod Roddy can do it, I can do it too. And this has actually been in progress for several weeks now. Since the beginning of April, I've worked on dramatically changing my eating habits, which were not good, and I've been pretty successful for the most part. And last week, I started going back to the gym on a semi-regular basis. I had gotten, I got sick at the end of October, and it's, it's lingered for months and months and months. Still has not entirely gone away. And since I got sick, I put on even more weight. And, but with all that I've been able to do since April, I have lost 11 pounds. 
I do not want to say what my starting weight was because it's embarrassingly high, but I'm almost back to where I was before before I got sick. I'll be documenting my progress here on the show every couple weeks or so, the Rod Roddy segment, as it were. <laughs> and with that, John, we are going to check out for the day. I'm kind of glad that we didn't have to scramble for content since we got so much out of that question that Mr. Sohn sent us. Where can the ladies and gentlemen find you on the socials? I can be found on the Twitter sphere at SeattlePilot69, and every now and then they can catch me in your locker room. Yes, indeed. I'm at, I, and uh, you are at the locker room at the uh, same address, SeattlePilot69, yes? I believe so. Yes, and I am at Locked On Mariners. We did a locker room, what, Wednesday night? Yes, we did. Say? Yeah, during, uh, during the Tigers game. And uh, anyways, I'm kind of rambling. Clive, thank you again for reading the emails for us. Always appreciated. You bet. Hopefully we get more than three emails next time. <laughs> we'll see. Although we got, you know, great content out of the three that we got. That's it, gang, for today. We'll be back on Monday talking about the Padres series, the weekend Padres series. Guests on the show next week include Harriet Winslow, Lamb Chop, and an extension cord. Also, a special musical performance by legendary rock drummer John Bonham. You will not want to miss any of that. So download, rate, and follow Locked on Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app that you can happen to think of. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Thank you very much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you again to both John Miller and Clive Braithwaite IV for joining me here today. I'm DC Lundberg, and I hope you out there in podcast land have a terrific weekend. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.